It's our game of the week, Alcorn versus Southern University, and it just might be the SWAC West Championship. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that it's time for your journey to be over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives and today's episode of locked on hbcu is brought to you by sling tv sling has something for everyone especially when it comes to college football coverage with massive lineups of games across the acc big 12 pac 12 and sec i can always catch the games i want to see this week on Sling TV. So go ahead and check them out to see a massive lineup of games that they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. And I want to talk about our game of the week, which is all corn versus Southern. We've had a bunch of games that I thought were very exciting. A lot of games that I thought were like pivotal matchups. I'm talking about maybe a, a, a divisional championship game three times this week. All corn versus Southern. Benedict versus uh, Albany, uh, Bowie versus Virginia Union. Like these felt like major matchups, but this right here was our game of the week, the numero uno, the top spot. And that's Southern versus Alcorn, a potential SWAC West championship. But we get into that in a second. You know we have three matchups, two storylines, and then also a key to victory. But well, we're going to start off with the matchups. And the first one I want to start off with is the Alcorn pass rush versus the Southern offensive line. And this is going to be... A really strong matchup, but there's not many. There's not many teams that can go toe-to-toe with Alcorn when it comes to rushing the pass. And I don't mean from a, oh, your offensive line can stop me type of type of deal. No. I mean just strictly pass rush versus pass rush. They have an argument for being the best pass rush in the SWAC. Like it's them in, in Jackson State. Albany starts not Albany, excuse me. Alcorn has the most sacks in the in the league, while Jackson State has the most sack yardage. They both heat the quarterback up, man. Alcorn State is legitimately one of the better ones in this conference. And Southern is going to have to find a way to truly deal with that. But let's look at the overall numbers. They have 20 sacks in five games. That's four a game. That's a high clip. They had 10 against McNeese, but it wasn't as if, oh, we just had 10 in that game and we just popped off and we got stagnant after that. No, they had 10 in that game. They had zero versus Tulane, but then you had two sacks, two sacks, six sacks. So you're getting after the quarterback a good amount. It's not just one game that boosted your, your stats. Yes, it gave yourself, you know what they say, a high tie raises all boats or some crap like that. I don't, I don't be on the water. But the point is that a big time number like 10 sacks in a game is going to get your averages up. But when you look beyond that game, you're still getting pretty consistent pressure. And outside of that two-lane game, you're still averaging almost about three and, you know, three and a half sacks a game. So you're still you're still doing pretty good at 10 sacks in three games. That's pretty good. 
But overall, it's not a it's not a one person thing. And I think that's what I appreciate over everything is that it's really a, a sack by committee. It's really like, all right, we're really going to go meet at this quarterback because six players have two or more sacks. The highest on the team is Chris Ballard is Malachi Bailey. And they're at three. The highest member of the, by the way, shout out to Chris Ballard, uh, Mansfield Timberview. You know what I'm saying? Arlington, Texas. I just got to show love to the, to the, to the hometown. So let's go ahead and show love there. Um, but also Southern, they've given up some pressure. They have definitely given up some sacks. So let's look at it. They've done better as of recent, but they had three sacks to LSU. They had four sacks to, to uh, Texas Southern. Then also they had one sack the next game and two against Prairie View. But most of these games, they're, uh, they're ending up around two sacks. So the over under that I'm going to give is two and a half sacks. That's the magic number. Can they get to three? I think that'll be a pretty successful day when you look at it all in all. But Sean McCray versus the Alcorn defense is my next matchup. That's the matchup that I feel like I need to watch. And I said the whole defense because every single one of those players, all 11 of the starters, any nickelback that they bring in, like any reserve, everybody on that Southern defense or excuse me, that Alcorn defense needs to be prepared and accounted for But Sean McCray. They have to. There's not many players, not many positions that's going to get that designation. And there's not many players at this quarterback position that are going to get it, but I do believe that he is worthy of it. With that being said, I look at Bashan McCray and I see the best dual threat quarterback in the SWAC. That's what he's been this year. Because a lot of times people hear dual threat and they jump to the legs and yeah, he gets active on the ground, but let's talk about what he's done through the air, right? So he's fifth in yards per game through the air. He's fourth in rushing, but he's had the third least amount of attempts, third most touchdowns. He has the second best completion percentage in the conference. Dude has been really good. And if you want to get to the legs, he's had over 75 yards on the ground in four of his five games, a touchdown in three of his five games. He's been spectacular. And in the last two weeks, he's had 320 or more yards total each game. The game before that, over 250. He's been really hitting his stride. And if you want to wonder why he didn't before, Eric Dooley will take up some responsibility for that and say, yeah, I should have played him more than a quarter against Florida Memorial. Could have got his legs underneath him. That's definitely something there. So when I say everybody needs to be taking account of him, I'm talking about you can't just depend on the corners and safeties because he's more than just a passer. He's a good passer. You need to count on him, but he's not just a passer. You can't just count on the defensive line heating him up because what if they get sack hungry? What if they don't remain disciplined and he leaks out? Because at some point he will leak out. Now you got to worry about your linebackers getting them. It would not shock me if there's a spy on Bashan, on Bashan McCray on an every down basis or most downs. All 11 men on the field have to take care of him because he is also a threat to run the ball just as much as he is to pass the ball. Now let's flip it. Let's flip the script. At the beginning, we talked about how that Southern offensive line was going to have to deal with the pass rush of Alcorn. Now let's go to the defensive line of Southern versus the offensive line for, for Alcorn. That's what you're going to have to deal with. And I'm looking at Jordan Lewis, who he's coming back. Coach Dooley said that Lewis looked good running. Think he's good to go. I'm excited because he missed some of that uh, UAPB game. And then he ended up missing the whole Prairie View game. And you know it's a real injury because you're not just missing this Prairie View game. You're not. Like, if you can play, you're playing in that game. He had a hamstring injury that he's going to have to deal with. Like, they're going to have to make sure that he's good there. But overall, yeah, he, he's, he's a monster. He, he's a guy who's going to wreck shop. Right. So he's had good stats. He had three sacks in essentially like four games. But um, his impact is way bigger than that. Let's get into it. So 
There's only one game that he didn't have a sack in, and that was his game. He got hurt against UAPB, but he had a tackle for a loss in that game already. And now you look at that TSU game, he had himself a sack. In that LSU game, he had himself a sack, and he had a forced interception where the pressure he set up just led the, the quarterback Nussmeyer to just, I'm just going to throw it. It ended up being a pick six, and it worked out. But that was forced on the part of Jordan uh, Lewis. Ain't nobody else going to give him credit for that, so I'm going to give him credit for that. Because that's what happened. I watched that happen. It was his play. He made that play. And then also, you look at that Florida Memorial game, he had himself a sack, but then he also had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Dude has been impactful in pretty much every game he's been in. Jason Dumas will be right there next to him. I can't wait to watch these players get after it and get after the quarterback together. I think it's going to be really fun. And they're high in sacks too. Like I said, Alcorn's high. They're number one. Southern's right there at number three. They got 15. So they, they can definitely rush the passer as well. But one thing I'll be noting, is not only those two players, but then also Todd Brown. Let's talk about the tackles for a loss. Alcorn has only allowed 22 tackles for a loss all season. Southern has 24 in three conference games or in their last three games. Those are the three conference games. And their last three is 7, 10, 7. They've been dominant. This is going to be big on big. These trenches, I'm going to have to be on the phone watching the game with Coach G. Like, man, you see Lewis, that's his boy. Um, you seen Dumas. Right. So uh, those are definitely going to be some things that I'm looking out for going forward. We're going to talk about how this is kind of a SWAC West championship game. And that's the biggest storyline going in. But then also, if you're a Prairie View fan, what should you be hoping for to happen in this game to give yourself the best shot to win the SWAC West? Before we get into that, I would love to tell you about Underdog. And this is the easiest way to spice up your college football season. And this listen, emphasis on easy. It's ridiculously easy. Right. Almost criminal. And there's no more having to go through every season or go through the season, have the same lineup every week, have to make adjustments. No, this is a weekly matchup. And if you think you know football, you know that person will have 75 receiving yards. Well, tell me, what does the over-under say? If you got the over, take it. You got the under, take it. It's just that simple. You pick two to five players. Doesn't even have to be from your favorite team. Can be from anybody, from anywhere. And it's available in 30 states. It's the easiest way to play fantasy. So, with the promo code locked on, which is one word, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So deposit $100, get $100 for free. You can go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, and the promo code is locked on. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, y'all go hard for them, and I appreciate it truly. But I want to talk about the biggest storyline in this game. And that's the question. Is this the SWAC West Championship? I can't say that it is. The, the outcome of this game is going to mean so much to know if this is the SWAC West Championship, but I definitely feel like it has the feeling of it. We're going to hope for Southern's sake that it doesn't feel like a SWAC championship because that versus Alcorn just has not been the best matchup for them. But maybe with it being a SWAC West championship and them being in the same division for the first time in a long time, like they maybe they have a little bit better luck. But overall, who needs this game more? It's Southern. It's Southern. Southern is in the same position that they were last week. By losing to Texas Southern earlier in the game or earlier in the season, the Jaguars have now put themselves really behind the eight ball where they need to knock off these teams they can't afford losses to these teams right especially because Prairie View ended up beating Texas Southern however Southern University in Louisiana did knock off Prairie View they need to win this game because if they don't 
if they don't win this game, I don't think Southern wins the SWAC West. I think Alcorn can lose this game and still win the SWAC West, right? It'll, it'll be difficult. It'll be difficult. I think whoever wins this game definitely has the upper hand, but that's why Southern needs it most. I think you can wrap it up. Like, they're going to be two behind Alcorn. Alcorn is going to play Jackson State and then also Prairie View. I, I think you're going to need a lot of help, and you also you need them to lose three games now. Right. So that's that's way different. You need them to lose three games because you can't tie with them. I just don't I just don't think that this is good. It's a must win for Southern. I wouldn't say the same for Alcorn. You win. It's great. Now, if you're Prairie View, what are you wishing for? If you're Prairie View, you want Alcorn to win because Southern already beat you. You lose a tiebreaker with Southern. They beat you head up. Right. So if you and Southern both finish with one loss on the season, they're going to be the SWAC West champions. However, you still have the chance to play Alcorn. Now, if Southern loses, they're down two. Alcorn will still have an undefeated SWAC record. Now, if you beat them, I believe that game is November 5th. If you knock off them, now you're in the driver's seat. But I'll tell you even one better. One thing that will make the outcome of this game absolutely irrelevant is Prairie View needs to win out, and they need Jackson State to win out. Because Jackson State faces both Alcorn and Southern. And it isn't just a division versus division. This is not the NFL. This is college football where your conference record is what is the deciding factor. So if Jackson State knocks off Alcorn, right? Let's say Jackson State knocks off Alcorn and they knock off Southern. And Prairie View wins out. That means Alcorn will have lost to, will have lost to at least Prairie View. And they will have lost to at least Jackson State. That's two losses. Prairie View only have one because they won out. They only have one conference loss right now. They would end with that. Then if Jackson State knocks off Southern, that would give Southern two losses, one to TSU and now one to JSU. And if Prairie View wins out, they would only have one loss. So now PV winning out, Jackson State winning out, it takes care of all the competition. Grambling already has much more than one loss. Texas Southern already has um, two losses, right? UAPB I think is winless right now. They might be 0-3. You're looking at this type of situation where you went out, Jackson State wins out, and the division is yours. And then you'll be facing Jackson State again in the conference championship. But then also the other storyline is, is Alcorn for real? Is Alcorn for real or are they just a fraud that had an easy schedule, right? Um, I believe they are for real. I'll say that right now. But I do want to present the argument. And with a little time to think, I definitely understand where it's coming from. If you want to make the argument that they don't have a quality win, it's hard to argue you. Right. You can talk about the historical significance of their win over McNeese State, but they haven't proven themselves to be a good team either. They're one and four. Right. So I think they even lost to Mississippi College, if I'm not mistaken. So they are they are not a team that's shown themselves to be a win that should be paraded up. No. All right. Now you go into UAPB, Mississippi Valley State. Those are two of the lower teams in the conference. They have not beaten a quality team. I thought they went toe to toe with uh, Stephen F. Austin. And in that game, they looked good. I've seen attributes where they have looked good, right? So if you want to just say looking good against good competition, they're there, right? And if you want to talk about playing who's on your schedule and knocking off who's on your schedule, they did that as well. The attributes that they had in a good against a good team, excuse me, and then also the attributes that they had against some of the lower-level teams have been the same. It wasn't a big drop-off. It was a drop-off against Tulane, but outside of that, it really wasn't. So when I'm looking at this, I know there's going to be people who still want to see the quality win. Southern has been hyped from the moment the season started. They had a two-week span after they lost to, to TSU that people was kind of like, eh, they was kind of souring on them. But for the most part, 
they've been they've been praised since the moment the season started. This is a quality win. That's what you need. So for many people, this will be a deciding factor win. If they lose, they were a facade. If they win, everything they did to start off the season was right. To me, to me, I look at the fact of what they done on offense. Right? So you drop 27 on SFA. You take out that two-lane game where they got shut out, and against all FCS opponents, they haven't scored less than 27 points. They dropped 30 points in every other game. Jarvian Howard, he looks like a good running back who can explode at any moment. Aaron Allen is really settling in. That's something that Coach Dooley talked about this week during the, uh, in the lead-up to the game. They look like a solid team. To me, they are. To me, they have passed the eye test. Now, we'll see them against Southern, and maybe Southern knocks them off, and, you know, they, all right, Southern's back to the lead dog. But as of right now, Alcorn, I do think, is a for-real team. If you need to see them have a quality win, then let's just see how they perform on Saturday. And going forward, we're going to be talking about our key to victory for Southern and Alcorn and then a little bit of quick HBCU hits as we run around the country. As wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, we have one key to victory for both Southern and Alcorn. I'm going to start off with the Southern Jaguars, and that's and that stop Jarvie and Howard. I know you ain't think it was going to go this whole show without mentioning the front runner for the newcomer of the year. Come on, man. I got like I, I wasn't going to do that. I I purposely held him out because I didn't want to double anything up. I didn't want you to have to hear the same information twice. But the key to winning is stopping Jarvie and Howard. Jarvin Howard has had two big-time games. I mean, one that was nearly 200 and one that was nearly 300. He's had two major games. You can't allow it to be three. You can't. It's just that simple. You, you cannot let that happen because if he goes for 200, 300 yards, you're probably going to lose that game. You're probably just going to lose that game because it's going to be full of explosive plays. It's probably going to be full of touchdowns because he does finish, right? So you want to avoid that. And the thing is, in between there, he's been kind of bottled up. He's been kind of bottled up where you had 20 carries for 60-something yards, 20 carries for 70-something yards, right? So he's been bottled up a bit. The only thing about it is you still have that fear because you know he has that big playability. So you can have him bottled up for 15 for 40, but then all of a sudden he pops off of 50, and now it's 16 for 90. Like he has that type of ability, and you know he does. He has the home run ability that you always have to be scared for. You always have to be a little bit concerned that he might take you over the top. And, and, and honestly, there's no way to defend that, right? So you can bottle him up, but you know that's ability. The only way to stop it is to jump out to a lead to where they can't run the ball. If you don't do that, it's no real way to minimize or feel confident that you minimize his impact because at any given moment, things can change. So that's my thing. You have to stop Jarvin Howard. And even doing that, it's not going to guarantee you a win. Aaron Allen threw for 300 yards last year. I mean, last week. You know they're going to give Howard 20-something carries. Pretty much every game he's gotten that except for the two-lane game. That's just, that's their outlier completely. I just wish I could take them out. But I know that people are going to go look at the stat sheet, and I have to mention it every time just to make sure. But overall, he's going to get about 20 carries. If you can stop those 20 carries, if you can stop him and hold him to about under 80, that's good. You know they're going to want to run the ball. Stop them there. Now, if you're Alcorn, you got to protect the football. And I think Aaron Allen's done a pretty good job of that. He's only had two interceptions on the, on the year. That's good. That's good. But Southern does everything on defense. Second in total yards. Second in rush defense. 
third in pass defense, second in scoring defense, against a team that ranks that high in pretty much every defensive metric, you cannot make mistakes because you know they're going to take up on them. Like you know that as soon as you slip up, they're going to catch you. It's going to happen. So if you know that's going to happen and you know you're going to have to deal with it, you got to play mistake-free football. You have to. It's the only way. Now also, they're second in the conference in interceptions. Not only that, they returned four of them for touchdowns. One was against LSU in that play that I referenced earlier. They know what to do when they get the ball in their hand. You just got to make sure they don't get the ball in their hand. Protect the football is the key to victory. Against a defense like that and an offense that is heating up, you cannot afford to lose the, the turnover battle. You just simply cannot. So if Alcorn is going to want to win against a defense of this caliber, then you're going to have to make sure that you protect the ball and do not give the offense of Southern short fields you might not be able to afford it it really might cost you the game it's really that simple right um now i want to go around the world but we're going to kind of stick with southern we know southern and prairie View got into a scuffle at the beginning of the last game and shocker the swack office says they're not going to suspend anybody until they can get all the numbers in my opinion i'm calling conspiracy i think the swack knows that this is a big time game versus all corner southern you don't want to suspend anybody from southern Call me a conspiracy theorist if you want to, but that's my personal opinion on it. That's what I think is happening. They say that this the review is taking longer than expected because they don't have jerseys on. I think you can find out who those players were. That's what I think is what it is, right? I ain't even mad at you. Matter of fact, thank you, Swack. I'm appreciative of it. So I'm glad that you're doing that. And then also, Mark Evans, the uh, offensive lineman from University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, was the first participant announced for the HBCU Legacy Bowl, which will be in New Orleans this week, or not New Orleans, the HBCU will be, the HBCU Combine will be in New Orleans. The Legacy Bowl was already there last year, but it'll all be there in New Orleans in mid-February, so I'm pretty excited for that. I hope to be there again, so this is going to be a good time, but in the meantime, man, I appreciate y'all for making us your first listen of the day every day. Next week, we'll be back with all of our Game of the Week recaps. We got three games of the week. We're going to be busy next week. I cannot wait, though, because these are going to be phenomenal games. Make sure you're checking them out. This game comes on at 6 o'clock Central. Make sure you're checking that out on ESPN Plus if you have it. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out our conference shows on the network because we are the best family on the Locked On Podcast Network. And you know what? You ain't even got to keep it a secret no more. Go go to Locked On Saints and tell them Locked On HBCU is the best. All right? I'm sure Ross will love that. But anyway, in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.